Good vibrations, take one. You're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys music program, sponsored by Endless Summer Hey, how you doing? Welcome to episode 34. This is David Beard. Today I'm talking with songwriter and producer Sam Hollander. Now, the reason I'm talking to Sam is he worked with Mike Love on both his Reason for the Season and Twelve Sides of Summer albums. But first, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Sam is an American songwriter and record producer. He's written and or produced hits for the likes of Fitz and the Tantrums, Panic at the Disco, Train, Weezer, One Direction, Gym Class Heroes, Good Charlotte, Pentatonix, Daughtry, Neon Trees, Boys Like Girls, Ringo Starr, Tom Jones, Blues Traveler, Sugar Ray, and Arrested Development. And that's not even the complete list, but that just gives you an idea. Sam, in 2019, held the number one position on the Billboard Rock Songwriters Chart for nine weeks, which was a year-end record. I mean, and he's written and or produced over 20 U.S. top 40 pop hits, as well as numerous worldwide smashes, including Panic at the Disco, who I mentioned, their worldwide number one high hopes. So that's who we're talking to today. I would like to start with you kind of telling everybody a little bit about yourself because, uh, like, for example, myself, I, I know the name Panic at the Disco, but I don't really, I couldn't really tell you the name of their song unless I pulled it up and cheated. Um, but I know they're, signi- you know, a very popular and successful act. So I was hoping that you could kind of just start a little bit about your musical background so it would give kind of a foundation for the listener to understand how you kind of came into Mike's world and started working with him. Sure. Um, well, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I started out as a, uh, a, a singer in, <laughs> in fruitless sort of alternative and hip-hop bands in the early 90s and late 80s in New York and uh, as a high school student and then in college. And, you know, I, I, play, you know, I played around the circuit in the city, and uh, I eventually got a record deal, and I saw it came out. I got signed to a division of Atlantic Records, and I got dropped <laughs> a year later when my record sold five copies all in my hometown. <laughs> And uh, I came out of that, you know, I had one goal in mind. I made music solely because I really wanted to uh, be sort of a, a songwriter, sort of like, a, you know, like a, I, I really, I, you know, some kids, you know, wanted to be cops and firemen and coaches. I, I wanted to be a songwriter always. So I always sort of emulated writers, you know, from uh, the Brill Building era all the way through, you know, the disco era, New Wave and all the rock, you know, any anyone who sort of was writing um, writing song as a living and wasn't particularly an artist, I was a huge fan of. So I I I I, like I figured that was an opening. So I studied, you know, the everyone from uh, you know Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich and you know the original you know Carol King and Jerry Goff and early stuff and mm-hmm. you know all the way through. Um, you know, through Cassinets and Cats doing all this power pop, sort of jingly power pop out of Long Island to Chapman and Chin and their run in the mid seventies to you know, and then the artists who, you know, who were also who were writers but really were able to straddle those worlds brilliantly. And also people like Gamble and Huff, obviously in Philly. And then, you know, you had Barry Gibb and you know, I just I don't know, I I just all these people to me were these were the, these were my icons, possibly more than the artists. I just looked up to songwriters. So once 
once uh, once my career as an artist ended uh, prematurely at 23, I had to figure out how to write a song. So I spent the next decade in the city learning how to write and really sort of honing into my craft. And eventually, you know, it took me, you know, a lot of people have success young. It took me, a, it, was a, it was a much longer journey. And uh, I finally began to, you know, have a string of hits in my uh uh, mid 30s and um once that happened it just kept going and i've been very blessed you know over the last decade i've uh had uh, a lot of a lot of songs that uh have resonated to, on some level or another and uh you know i you know what the what this has afforded me to the afforded me the ability to do is to sort of collaborate with my idols and my my heroes um writers and also artists you know and that's how i uh that's how I came across Mike Love in terms of uh, I was at an ASCAP event and the Red Aminos from ASCAP uh, walked Mike over and introduced us and said, you know, this is Sam Hollander. He wrote, uh, he wrote, uh, he's written, you know, he, he, he's written a lot of songs you might know. He wrote uh, Hand Clap I Fits in the Tantrums. Um, I don't remember what he used to reference, uh, some train songs, et cetera. And uh, he, Mike was just so gracious and sweet. And, you know, we left it at that, but we had a mutual friend in common named uh, Winston Simone. Oh, sure. Uh, who's a, 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 a huge, uh, a, a, you know, deeply embedded in all things, you know, in the in the Beach Boys world, and, you know, and he's the world's biggest Beach Boys fan. And, oh, yes. You know, he connected me one day. He said, look, would you ever consider writing with Mike Love? And, you know, I... Uh, you know, the little fanboy in me never loses sight of these things. Whenever I get those calls, you know, I've worked with the OJs, I've worked with Ringo, I've worked with um, Tom Jones, Carol King. I, you know, I got my start writing lyric uh, uh, with Carol King for a year. I wrote, you know, about 10, 11 songs with her, I'd like to believe. Um, and uh, I wrote uh, Love Makes the World with uh, Carol and Dave Schomer, which was the title track and single of her last record that she put out in 2000. You can't lose I want to spread the news You got love inside you Some days it's hard to know what you're feeling I've been down that road before I can't stop believing Love makes the world go round As long as you're Snowfall hit Cold City It was hard to commit You were out there looking for the perfect fit And I was right beside you Nothing real comes overnight You weren't sure if it felt right But sometimes a love can move your life If you let it guide you Baby, you got to take love where you can find it Just walk right 
Hi, this is Al Jardine of the Beach Boys, and you're listening to Good Vibrations with David Beard. Let's get back to our conversation with Sam Hollander. This is always how I balance my work. I try to, I try to, you know, collaborate with my heroes, and then I like to work with young artists and who are, you know, twenty-year-olds with funny haircuts. And I, I, I love the notion of, you know, d- dipping in and out of both of these worlds because I learn from both tremendously. Mm-hmm. So that's how. That's sort of how I began uh, this relationship with Mike. If that makes any sense. What do you recall? If this is even possible, because it's impossible for me, it's. I'm guessing. I'm guessing when everybody, when any, whenever asked me what was the first Beach Boys song you heard and remember making an impact, and I don't know that I remember specifically that first song, but when do you, when do you remember being aware of the Beach Boys, uh, and and was that awareness around the same time that you were doing what you were doing professionally, and then understanding who they were as songwriters, or were you just aware of the music first without that background? I was aware of the music first because I began playing acoustic uh, probably when I was eight. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I fumbled through a few years of lessons. And during that time, the, the, my guitar teacher, the two, the two catalogs that we discussed were the Beatles and the Beach Boys. So I remember sort of trying to mess around with 409 and things like that. And, you know, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was very small. So I sort of, I, 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 I think I, uh, when I was first introduced to the Beach Boys, to me, it was sort of the early, you know, super sort of punky stuff, you know, the stuff with the, the, the I, I call it the Mike Heavy stuff, you know, and, uh, that that's how I got. That's what I mean. To me, that's like a, the foundation of music for me. And it's funny because the things that you know, when I first got into music, what I you know, it's probably started. This. I had an older brother, you know, and my parents were musical. So, you know, five, six, seven. I mean, the first records I was really listening to were Beatles records, Beach Boys records, and um, KTL records. And all those KTL compilations really shaped me because you know it introduced me to so many forms of music. You know, there was disco, there was soul, there was you know, there was. Uh, pop there's what they deem yacht rock now you know 70s soft rock all these things and all of these these genres had such tremendous impact on me as a writer that i try to pull from all of them now mm-hmm. and sort of create this little bowl of gumbo where i just you know all the all, all these influences hit me at once and and that's um the beach boys were the genesis of it man i mean i, I really was a i was a fan uh, you know as a little kid and all the way through the funny thing is the beach boys walked me all the way through my education because you know i was in high school when uh i was in high school when you know kokomo came out and you know and, and get you back came out you know what i mean and things like that like it was just they were always in my life to some to some uh you know, in some way, shape, or form, which was incredible because, you know, I watched their evolution in the later years, you know, as well as, you know, my own. So it was kind of neat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I had just finished broadcast school, well, in 80, I went in 85 to 86, it was just a one-year school. And so I was going into radio, and I just remember uh, playing the shit out of uh, the 85 album, you know, with Get You Back and California yeah, Call. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the fact that Ringo was on that album with on California yep. Calling and, and you know, it just seemed like they were back. I mean, just in such a way, music music sense, and it just seemed really and Brian's falsetto, I mean, it was just yep. all kind of all, everything. And then next the following year, 
you had Rock and Roll to the Rescue and the groovy black and white uh, California Dreamin' video. I mean, it just... Yeah. They just seem... That era was such a constant, crazy journey. And then, you know, you have the collaboration with the Fat Boys. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, as a kid who has a immense love of early era hip-hop, I mean, you know, I mean, what, what, what's not to love, you know? I mean, the Fat Boys and Mike Love, I just don't even know if anything gets better than that. <laughs> A lot of I could tell you a lot of it may I don't know if I'm I don't know how how I would really it's not one that ever really did anything for me personally because I just you know I, I don't I know I think you know once again I just love the spirit of it you there know? you go it's insane. There, yeah. and I love yeah. I love music for you know I love music for the beauty and the spectacle at the same time so yeah well that's I, that's I, a good... I appreciate it all.
this is Brian Wilson, and you're listening to Good Vibrations with David Beer. Thanks, Brian. Now let's get back to more conversation with songwriter and producer Sam Allender. What had Mike, for after that meeting and conversation got a little bit more serious to where like, hey, there's a project, uh, which was the reason for the season album. Did By that time, had Mike made, to your knowledge, and I'm asking this because I don't know, uh, had he made an effort, uh, to your knowledge, to listen to something by Panic at the Disco or one of the other groups that you had worked on to kind of get a sense? I don't think so. I doubt it. I, I, I don't know if he went deep down the rabbit hole of my discography, but, you know, he came in. I remember he walked into my studio. You know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, gaudy uh, plaques on the walls, you know, and I know he looked, he looked around and thought, all right, well, this guy's probably doing all right, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know uh, we call it game respects game, you know what I mean, so yeah. I felt like he came in, uh, his attitude was fantastic, and I have to tell you, like, you know, uh, I always, it's so important that I sidebar into this, but you gotta understand, like, Mike Love is one of my favorite humans, you know, Mike Love I had no expectations, you know what I mean? You understand there's uh, so much Beach Boys folklore, you know, and you hear so many, there's so many voices that tell you things, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I don't listen, I judge people just based on my own interactions. And uh, he came in, and from the second I met him, honestly, he's been like one of the most wonderful cats in my life. Like we have such an incredible relationship, he's great. And honestly, I would say that about the entire, Beach Boys touring organization as it is right now, and all these and all these other people who you just meet, and you know, in 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 the line of fire in Beach Boys world. I mean, you know, we were at a Christmas show, and you know, this year we were at a Christmas show at Thousand Oaks, and Adam Sandler's hanging around with Stamos in the back, and you know, uh, and Marilyn Wilson's there, nuddies, yeah. you know, and yeah. like. Just all this, you know, and everyone's energy is welcoming and warm, and you feel like you're really part of a part of an extended family. And you know, I can't say that about many touring bands. I don't, you know, the fact, you know, the the uh, the enormity of the career and the fact that they're so welcoming to new people. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a newbie. I'm, I'm whatever, two two and a half years into the fold, but they treat me. Everyone treats me with such, you know, just so kind and so open. I don't know. I I I love it. I love his kids Amba's an incredible talent she's making some great music you know Kristen's great Brian's great like these are just really 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 you know decent sweet people and I uh Mike you know that's Mike and you know Mike is so just generous and warm and yeah I don't know I'm, I'm just a huge fan I have to say that like really as a person he's somebody I really really dig it's just a it's a really nice group of people and I you know I don't know I've been very blessed to meet all of them so, so with the reason for so let's talk about the two albums you've worked on uh, with re- so this show will be a little odd because here we will be in May and people will be listening, but we're going to play a track from the reason for the season album. And the the one that I would like to talk about specifically, I mean, just because it, oh my God, <laughs> it's it you know as you get older in life, if a Christmas album comes out and it's actually so inviting, that's the word I'll use. Uh, that you, then is in your rotation from there on out every year. That's a significant event to me, that a Christmas album can come out and just so quickly become a part of a rotation. 
um, that you want to that that you know in your mind. Oh, it's it's Thanksgiving. I have to start getting my Christmas music out, and and oh, I know that reason for the season has to be in with my classic Carpenters albums and the Moody Blues December yeah. and yeah. you know whatever yeah. it is. And uh, so that for that to have happened that quickly, I think speaks for one thing speaks volumes to me. But um, must be Christmas. Uh, blows me away and it and it not it isn't just using your word the bombast but uh it is it's the way that the voices are used throughout christian in the bridge the release uh and at the end christian amba mike uh so just i would like to talk about that song specifically and then we're going to talk about one from 12 sides of summer yeah i mean you know uh must be Christmas is a song I wrote with uh, my good friend Kevin Griffin, who's uh, from the band Better Than Ezra and a great songwriter, and he's one of my uh, closest friends. And Kevin, um, Kevin and I, uh, with our friend Mark McGrath, have a uh, group called the Band of Merrymakers, which is a, uh, a Christmas project that we trot out every year or two, and uh, it's just to sort of raise awareness for music cares and uh, musicians on call, and, you know, organizations that are really close to us and. You know, um, Band of Merrymakers, our first single we ever dropped was Must Be Christmas, and this was a song um, that, you know, we wrote. And uh, we produced it with Josh Edmondson, who then also produced this version with me, with the, with the band. And, you know, I love the song because the song, you know, Kevin and I set out to just sort of... Uh, you know, this was our this was our take on Christmas. This was our chance to put it out there. And you know, I'm a Jew, and you know, the thing about Jews is, you know, we we have we we just have Christmas FOMO. You know what I mean? Like we feel like we're missing out on the whole thing. We want part of it. We we like we like everything about it. You know, I, I, I am a, I'm a Jew for Jesus on December 25th. You know this was uh, this was our chance to you know to just really write try to take our stab at writing our own Christmas classics you know that we would want to hear and you know must be Christmas is the first song we ever wrote for this thing and um, you know uh, Winston Simone once again was a huge fan of it and you know he got the band of Merrymakers signed to Sony and uh, he, we made a record on Sony and uh, we did pretty well we had like a top ten holiday record on iTunes and a lot of a lot of TV and we performed the song on Today Show three times I think and Kimmel and all these other spots and you know it was uh, it, it was an incredible experience but Winston the, the song never left Winston's uh, you know um, you know, uh, Christmas mix. And one day he called me up. He said, I, I want you to cut this with Mike. I think it is a great Mike Love family Christmas single. And for, you know, me and Kevin and Josh, I mean, this is so exciting for us, right? It's like it's a chance for us to sort of uh, keep it going and let's see it live on, but with a legend. So I don't know. I was just, I, I was so stoked that we were able to pull that off. <laughs> Santa crank that slow. When there's only Mary in your heart, and you're feeling nicer. 
Finally, it's Christmas as well, and that whole energy in that of those opening songs before they get into the old love section. But just must be Christmas is uh, again. It's like it's right in the same uh, conversation with me. If somebody said, "Tell tell me your top five Christmas songs of all time," one would be "Must Be Christmas." One would be uh, "Feliz Navidad." One would be McCartney's "Wonderful Christmas Time." And you know what's funny, I, David? I want to, I want you to know something. I like you. You know what I mean? I like you. And this is why I knew we'd be friends from the get-go, because, once again, in the way that I'll defend Mike Love to the death, I will defend wonderful Christmas time to the death. And I've taken on many blows. I've taken a lot of punches on that song. That song is a work of art. I like your taste, buddy. Yes, because, you know, and, the, and the, well, singing in a choir, <laughs> as I do. Yeah. Um, when, yeah. when the choir of children sing this song. I mean, that that whole moment right there, uh, you know, it's just like, I can relate. <laughs> it's just Action. so great. Action. It's so You're great. still a child in the choir. Don't forget that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, beautiful. Um, and on, on 12 Sides of Summer, uh, I loved, I loved that we talked about the songs you worked on for that, including California Beach, and you had no ta- you had no idea what Skate Town USA was. No. And, I no said, and you know what? That was my favorite 
reveal ever. When, you know, when you alerted me to this fact, I was so excited. I went deep down the rabbit hole of it, and I was so excited. And, you know, I have such an affinity for anything that is either a surf or skate movie from the 70s and, and also movies with vans. Like, you know, the last week I watched uh, Supervan. Uh-huh. Um, which isn't just a, a, a van, but it's a super van. It's sort of like a coming out of Convoy, the, the set mid-70s oh, yeah. van movies. Yeah, yeah super van. I highly recommend super van, available on uh, Amazon Prime. But uh, yeah, so Skate Town USA. So that, yeah, that was a huge reveal. No, no. I mean, it was just so great because I, when I got the album as a download from, uh, you know, through the record from BMG, uh, early preview, and I was listening to it, and I was like, how do I, wait a minute, how do, how do I know this? And then when I figured out, I said, oh my God, it's Skate Town USA. And then I went and listened because, you know, as, as I do, as I'm prone to do in my, in quote, research, I went out and I listened because you called me after I played it for you, after I sent it to you. You called me back. And you go, dude, it's so much better than the you know the Dave. What was it? Uh, Dave Edmonds or who? No, who did they use? Um, who who wrote the same title? It was still also called Skate Town USA, and the song was horrible. Um, no, I you know it was it was just it was insane. I mean it was such a it was such a great reveal, you know and. When we went in on, uh, you know, we went back in with Mike on, uh, you know, the record last year. It was so funny because he wanted to do, you know, they wanted to reimagine some covers, which was really fun. And then, you know, he had this, uh, you know, he had this this idea, and he didn't really give me the whole genesis of it. But he said, you know, there's a California beach. There's, like, something to this. So, you know, we sort of dug into it. And, um, you know, Matt Jordan is a kid, uh... I found out here who, uh, you know, is uh, younger and, uh, you know, the world's biggest Beach Boys fan of the next generation and, you know, sings just exquisite harmonies. You know, he uh, he was singing backgrounds on it and then he came up with this sort of outro melody that we uh, we all jumped on. We thought it was incredible and it became an integral part of the song. And uh, you know, California Beach is a fun little record. You know, when we started this album, you know the the twelve sides of summer. The the one thing we were um, the one thing um, musically that I wanted to play around with was you know I spent a lot of time in Cape Cod during the summer. I think I told you this. I spent a lot of time in Cape Cod. I think that's mm-hmm. where we spoke last time. Yes. <clears throat> and in Cape Cod, you know, um, I spend a you know I, I I'm very close with G Love from G Love and Special Sauce. He's one of Garrett. You know, Dunn's one of my very close friends there. And there's a whole scene of sort of like, you know, uh, Citizen Cope and Jack Johnson and all these sort of, sort of, um, surf sort of vibe, sort of, sort of stripped down mu- musical sort of, uh, poet laureates and uh they uh what's interesting about it was they all obviously grew up listening to the beach boys catalog and i thought wouldn't it be great to appropriate some of the beach boys stuff and sort of those halftime tempos that are just a little more vibe and you know just feel more a little a little bit more like a campfire you know Mm -hmm. and that's that's what we were dabbling with and it was really it was so much fun to do it you know summerland
to Good Vibrations with David Beard. Now let's get back to the conclusion of my interview with Sam Howlander. Of the Beach Boys catalog, what is your, what's the one song that stays with you to this day and why? It's interesting. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time sort of digging around, you know, there's obvious cuts, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's obvious cuts. That's um, right. You know, I spend a lot of time, you know, whenever I have free time and I sort of uh, begin to dabble, I take a look at, uh, I try to go deep in the crates into the deeper cuts and try to find stuff that I never would have figured out. So I got into uh, Sumahama. Oh. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. You know? Yeah. And I, I thought that was a really neat mic cut, and I like it. I like the vibe of that. That's a, that, that jumps out at me, and I like Big Sur a lot. Big Sur is a really cool record. I like anything that has this sort of California imagery that I wouldn't have thought of, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought Big sure. Sur is just like this, that whole piece is just so beautiful. And That's ca- the Cal Saga, know, I, the Cal Saga with, uh, on the beaks of eagles and the Big Sur. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. Sur, just like, there's something about that that I just, I don't know. I, I, I put that on and just close my eyes and it sort of transformed, tra- 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 you know, translates me to this just place that I wouldn't have ever even hit as a writer. So I take that stuff a lot. You know, I have a, I have a real appreciation for all of it. I mean, they all the guys in the group have moments. I mean, we've discussed Disney Girls before. It's like, you know, Bruce, look, Bruce, Bruce has written two of the, the strongest copyrights I know. I mean, it's like all the guys in the band have like these incredible moments and I, I really appreciate all of them historically. It's just, you know, as a as sort of a nerdy fan, I just, you know, so I, it's hard to pin down one. So I just keep sort of delving deeper and deeper into it because there's just so much material to mine, you know? Yeah, thank you, Sam. Uh, thanks for tuning in today to episode 34. And I want to remind you uh, about Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine, which is over at esquarterly.com. And if you're on Facebook, uh, just type in Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine and uh, head over and like our page. Now, we are a physical publication. This show is is sponsored by the physical publication. And esquarterly.com is our website. And we have blog, you know, a news blog there. So there's news things that happen between the quarterly publication. But what Endless Summer Quarterly is, if you're not aware, it's a 48-page digest size publication the cover the covers are typically uh, full color <laughs> and the interior pages are black and white and it's a little magazine that comes out four times a year hence the name endless summer quarterly every quarter we we we, we publish new interviews with the guys uh new interviews as an example if you head over now to esquarterly.com click on the esq store button up at the top right you're going to see Sunflower, 50th anniversary. Now, if you're like me and you love the Sunflower album, you're in for a real treat. Interviews with Mike Love, Brian Wilson, Bruce Johnston, and Alan Jardine are included. And it's for the 50th anniversary. And, (laughs) yeah, there's another and. Every, Every month we're giving something away, a prize package away, every month. Just if you're a subscriber to the magazine. So not only are you getting exclusive content in the magazine, with these interviews from the, you know, the members themselves, you're also getting 
a lot of cool you're also eligible to win cool free autograph stuff from the guys i mean it just it's 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 just a it's a great um it's a great bag to be into to be a beach boys fan and get into endless summer quarterly magazine because it's 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 all there um so uh head over to esquarterly.com Stay up to date uh, on the news blog. Head over to Facebook and like the page. And, you know, hit the uh, yearly subscription uh, or magazine subscription, I think, at the top of the the page there. Hit that button and uh, take out a one-year subscription. It's, you know, we are in uh, unusual times. Um, So I hope that everyone is okay. And I hope that everyone is staying safe. And I hope that everyone is healthy. And uh, know that everyone is in my thoughts as I say these words right now. There's a lot of you that may be listening that I don't know personally. My heart is with you, and my mind is with you, and my soul is with you. And I hope in the music of the Beach Boys and in music everywhere, we'll find one another. This has been Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys music program, sponsored by Endless Summer Quarterly.